0: And Welcome back to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host Charlotte and you never believe who I've got with me today. It's only two of this year's 100 changemakers from the big issue is Tat and Diane. Hello both, how
1: are you? Hello, that was a brilliant introduction. I feel like I'm a third of a changemaker because we're a team, it's for the team so maybe maybe, I don't know maybe it's my legs I'll take the legs
2: (laughs) well maybe we're just top 300
1: yeah yeah fair (laughs) do I see like
2: it's it's had a real positive change in my life this big issue 100 change makers thing because um there's two there are two big issue vendors near me and they're like both 15 minutes away but the other side and I've been twice and no one's been there so I've had two hour-long walks this week, mm. um, uh, all because of the Changemaker Big Issue special. I haven't managed to pick one up yet, so I might have an hour-long walk today as well. And it's made me fit, fitter and healthier and stronger, so thank you very much <laughs> to, to the Big Issue for that.
1: Yes. If, you, if you're also struggling to, um, to find your local vendor, order it off the, their website, well, you can you can do that so
2: you can order it off their website you can. and not walk around town <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just saying but then yeah. but then you're not giving money to the to the vendor
1: it all goes in a big pot it's 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 still so good. good yeah
2: yeah is it good Ooh. i want to get it off my vendor i buy the big issue from both sometimes keep on
1: walking. then you just gotta keep going Let's see what you walking. get on
2: I think I said this I said this on my personal uh, Instagram page. The most annoying thing is that I can't be cross mm. because you know the because the big issue vendors is are going through a lot right if they're not there, they've got something going on like mm-hmm. like I can't be oh I can't trust anyone these days because because it's not like that. Like I'm all ready to be furious with somebody, but I've got nobody to be furious with. And your walks um, chilled you out. And there's no so. there's no there's no number you can call <laughs> to say, what are your opening hours? They've got no website as such with timing. So yeah, I've got I mean, but it's entirely understandable because they're, you know, they're, they're people are selling the big issue. Like life is tough and uh yeah, so there's impotent rage. Which is a familiar feeling for me.
0: Yes, we are in the big issue this week. So, yeah, if you can't get enough of us, go read about us in there too. Uh, Yeah. Tatten. for people who can't get enough of us, what else can they do?
2: Uh, Well, um, for the last few weeks, we haven't told anyone about our Patreon Mm. because... We're useless, yeah. And because we're, do you know what we're? Do you know what we're good at? Is we're good at chatting about politics. And what we're bad at is like being a business and you know making sure we you know get paid and things. And this podcast is really labor intensive uh, for us. It's labor intensive because the three of us have to find the time together on a Thursday morning to record, and it's labor intensive because Diane writes all the scripts. And it's labour-intensive because I always have to read the script. I don't always read the script. And it's labour-intensive because then it needs to get edited. And it's labor I mean, and then promote. Like, it just... It takes a lot of our time. And we do it because we love it. And it would also be nice if that time didn't... It didn't cost us money for the time uh, that we take. So, you can support this podcast by joining Patreon. And we would be forever grateful. But... It's not just our love you receive. You get all kinds of goodies if you join the Patreon. You, ad- you can listen to all of this without any adverts. Imagine that. This is kind of an advert. But you would have this, <laughs> this bit in, but you wouldn't have the bit where they try and tell you to like, use Bet365 if you <laughs> want to use gambling. I don't know if they advertise with us, but I, th- I think we do have gambling adverts. Uh, you get early, uh, get early access. What you can you get sent a video... Of us doing that, you wouldn't have to imagine what we look like while we're doing this. You can actually see us, although it might be nicer to just imagine because then you won't have to actually see <laughs> us. Um, you see, I'm terrible at this. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> do 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 sign up for the Patreon because because we really need you to, and because you're lovely, and because you get nice things. And it says here, quick Patreon reminder in the script. Mm-hmm. I think I've done that. I'm um, quick. quick. I've done the Patreon on reminder.
1: Tick. Yeah.
2: Quick. Yeah. So there we go. Done. Please sign up. Uh, we love you. Bye.
0: Anything else you need to remind us about, Tatten?
2: Yes. <laughs> 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 uh, the other thing I need... <laughs> this isn't in the script. Um, the other thing I needed to remind you about is, it's not even a reminder, it's telling you. We've been trying... We. I hear at Team SP, we've been doing something we never, ever do, which is strategize and think <laughs> about the future Ooh, and yeah. be competent. Uh, well, Dan, Charlotte are frequently competent. And one of the things we realized we should do is have Trust Pilot on our shop because it just means people trust us and then it will help us in the long run and all of that. So if you have ever bought anything from SP spstuff.co.uk, and you think it's all right, it's please, please do so. Go to spstuff.co.uk, and there's a link at the bottom for Trustpilot. Just click on there, and you can, you know, you can leave us that. That review is really, really going to help us. Obviously, it doesn't help us if you leave us a terrible review. Mm-hmm. I would rather you spoke to us, yes, about that. I'll we'll see what we can do to make it right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But it does help us if you leave a nice review and say something nice and then i can say something funny underneath uh and say thank you for your review and all of that so so uh, and that is free patreon we'd love you to sign up for patreon that costs you money without a shadow that's how it works uh leaving us a nice TripAdvisor review TripAdvisor. is
0: free <laughs>
2: TripAdvisor. advisor? <laughs> oh, no, that's uh, that's for that's my come and hang out SP in my office. The Tatton's office oh, experience. Don't a tell two anyone hour about our next
0: branch of SP. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. spin-off. Nice.
1: Po- yeah. Holidays oh to dear. parliaments of the world. All right. All okay. right. Trust pilot. <laughs> Shut up, you two.
2: Goodness me.
0: See, our They're bullying is- me again, listener. Mm. Oh. We'll never bully you. We'll just tease gently Constantly. friendly. <laughs> our patreon is patreon.com forward slash simple politics if you want to if, follow us there
2: if i had lunch money you would take it off me every <laughs> day
0: no <laughs> diane might and i'd be behind diane her would. cheering her on but just <laughs> <I still> would <laughs> be too scared <laughs> right i think well, we should get on with the actual show right let's move on It's time to look at the top posts of the week. This is where we look at the posts that you liked slash engaged with the most this week. So, Tatten, what's in at number three?
2: Uh, Well, at number three, we had animal news. People love animal news on SP and a private members bill, uh, which means like an individual MP. uh, Mm -hmm. In this case, it was... I can't remember who it was. Um, uh,
1: she's on the post. Um, Anna
2: Firth. It Anna was Anna Firth. Firth. I, yes. know, I know her because she stood here in Canterbury first in the 2019 general election. And she, I was hosting a Hustings event and she sat next to me. And she did reasonably well. Whitstable's quite a Labour town, so she didn't get the best reception, but she did reasonably well. And she's brought in a new bill that says cats and dogs can't be stolen and if they are stolen, it counts as worse than stealing a thing because they're sentient creatures and they're the, they're the centre of all kind of families, the centre of families, rather than unlike a laptop, for example, which doesn't tear a family apart in the same way when when it get if it gets stolen. And it was a lovely debate in the House of Commons where lots of MPs stood up and shared stories about how great their pets were um, and are and how important they are, and the government have backed this. So it will become a law, and we will all be able to know that our cats and dogs are, are more protected. And people people, people thought this was good. People thought it should have come in sooner, but it had a lot of support, which is why it's in at three this week.
1: Nice. Diane, what's in at two? Okay, in at two. Occasionally, we try and do them maybe once a week if we can. Um, we do woo and boo posts where we take an issue or something people are talking about, and try and present it from both sides, okay? So it's not what we personally think. It's just us saying, here's what people on one side are thinking, here's what people on the other side are thinking. It's a nice, easy way to present a, a topic or an issue. And these posts are great, and they spark loads of debate. And this one was on 99% mortgages. Um, that had been sort of doing the rounds in the papers as an idea that the Conservatives might be looking at. Not confirmed, but it's... a uh, something to woo first-time buyers and to woo younger voters, okay? So that that's what we'd read about and um, we put up what people thought on both sides of the 99% mortgage issue and got oh, comments went off on this one really, um, hugely. And I guess on one side, obviously you've got the big argument that if you pay a lot of money in rent, which a lot of people do, And if you're stuck in a cycle of paying rent and essentially paying someone else's mortgage, um, your landlord's mortgage, you want to get on that ladder. You want to get out of that cycle and feel like you're starting to actually make your own investment and pay something towards your own future. You know, that, people want that massively so that's a huge argument for helping people just you know don't have much deposit but you can prove that you're paying a massive chunk each month in rent Mm -hmm. so let's take away the need to have such a massive deposit maybe you don't have family who can lend you it maybe you don't have that kind of backing let's get you on the ladder that's one side of it the other side of it is once you get those keys and you're through the door, and your cutlery's in the drawer, and you're very happy with yourself, and you're in a house, there's in years, your home, yeah. yeah, but there's years and years and years of mortgage payments to go. Equity can turn, you know, things can happen um, with the market, the housing market. You think of bricks and mortar as a pretty safe investment, but we've seen, even in recent history, that things are wobbly. Things can be wobbly. You know, and there's that whole thing of that debt going forward. And also, what would the rates look like? So if you've got a very low deposit, if someone's helped you get on that ladder, does that still mean you've got quite a huge monthly interest rate, potentially? In which case, it starts to feel like, uh, is, is that... Is that sustainable? Is that affordable going forward? So there was issues have, on that.
2: We have in this country, I don't think it's spoken about enough, a massive debt problem, mm. a massive, massive debt problem on credit cards, on Klarna, you know, like like student loans. Like so many of us are so in debt in various different ways. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's insidious. And, you know, I think you've presented both sides of that really well, Darren, because everyone should be like, to have your own home is so special. Mm. And when you're paying rent, that money just goes, like it's gone. You pay however many thousands of pounds a month and it's gone. Whereas if it's your mortgage, you're paying off, you're kind of going, you're paying yourself, you're paying it back. Like it makes a difference. Yeah, it's so difficult. It's, it's difficult. so difficult. Yeah. At some point, yeah. I believe that this debt mountain is going to come back to this country and bite it hard. Mm. And I, you know, I, I worry for that.
0: Well, that's fun. Uh, what was Sorry. the most po- <laughs> <laughs> well, As the renter of the group. <laughs> I'm just numb to it um what was our most popular post of the week
2: our most popular post of the week was about shrinkflation um Mm. which is I think I mean we all know it happens right we've all seen it people want to keep prices are sticky right Mm. if you know something costs a pound and it goes up to pound ten. you really notice it. I mean, sure, if it costs £4.30, and it goes up to £4.50, it, there's, there's, you don't notice it so much. You might, it, like, the shrewd amongst us might go, hang on. But because prices are sticky, and costs have gone up, companies have been replacing products with smaller versions of the same thing. So um, and sometimes they do it sneakily, like they don't. Like Colgate. Someone in the comments said that Colgate have reduced the tube of toothpaste size, but they haven't reduced the size of the box. Oh wow! So the size of the box. I mean, it still says you yeah. know two fifty millilitres rather. Like like it it, it doesn't lie. Mm. But the box looks the same, and then you take it home because who checks the millilitres? Whatever they they count toothpaste in right no one checks that stuff and then you take it out and go oh it's it's, it, it, it's half littler. the box. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: and and then there was a couple, I mean, I'll just run you through the examples on the post. Listerine mouthwash has gone 600 mils to 500 mils. I was in the shop yesterday. And, and in fact, I was in the shop because I was outside Sainsbury's looking for the big issue. And the lady wasn't there. And I thought, well, I've got to do something while I've been out. So I went into into Sainsbury's and bought like some soy sauce. Um, but I looked at the Listerine mouthwash and, uh, and I looked at all the... All all the mouthwashes were 500. Mm. So I don't know if they all used to be 600. They were all 500. PG tips got 180, te- used to have 180 te- bags, now got 140. Kettle chips have gone from 150 grams to 130 grams. And kettle chips bags are always too small. Mm. No one's finished a bag of kettle chips <laughs> and thought, oh, I've had enough kettle chips now. Everyone wants a bigger bag and they've now made them even smaller. Lurpak has gone from 225 grams to 180 grams and they've also and I'm sure you've seen this as well they've introduced these kind of small small packs of Lurpak that are like single use they're so thin and they're you know 17 pounds (laughs) but it doesn't stop at shrinkflation you've also got skimpflation which is where they swap things out. Uh, the examples of which gave were less avocado and a guacamole. And that's particularly rubbish because they normally fill it up with like kind of some kind of cream, cream mm. fresh or whatever to, to bulk it out, uh, which makes it not vegan. And vegans are like, can I have my avocado, please? Or dairy intolerant, but whatever. There's less beef in the, in the uh, beef lasagna. I particularly like the last one that Witch gave. There's no clotted cream at all in the clotted cream rice pudding. And I don't know how that works. Yeah, But that's what they said. And and also, we love Witch. We love Witch. I use Witch all the time. I'm a paid subscriber to Witch. Whenever I buy anything, I, I check out Witch. But they kind of like us as well. Whenever we post something from them, they always jump in and say oh you guys and we go oh you guys um and we do that for like half an hour so it's nice yeah
1: good stuff
0: oh shout out to witch if you're listening i assume you're just one like one person yeah uh... (laughs) or they have it on in their offices but they're like every every like 10 a.m. on a Friday. They're like, "Oh, let's put on the simple politics podcast." That's what we'd do if we'd had a podcast. Just saying, it's what
2: most it's what most offices do. I thought so. It is in Fiji. (laughs) Fiji offices. We've gone up again in the Fiji
0: charts. Hello to all our beloved listeners in Fiji. Right before this descends any further, I'm being strict, and we're moving on. Um, but that's because it's our favourite part of the podcast and that's hearing from you. So it's time to Ooh. answer some of your questions. Right, Tatton, we're going to do quickfire questions because we've got a lot. Oh,
2: okay, right.
0: So I, also Diane, but I trust Diane. Uh, <laughs> that's why <what> it's directed at <laughs> Tatton. Um, I've been bullied I'll, again. Are I'll you listening? You, lovely listener. It's, lovely it's listener. not bullying if it's true.
2: Mm, I think it's how true. that works. <laughs> that's not, that's not um, the case.
0: I'll give you one minute, okay?
2: All right.
0: Here we go. First question. says asks, the topic of conscription has been thrown about this week mm. if we go to war with Russia. Do you think it's something the government would support?
2: I, I mean, no. I, I mean, it has come out the last couple of days, this idea. It's just, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's offensive. It is offensive to our defence industry to think that I could be called up and suddenly be a useful part. Like, they are trained, they're experienced. What we don't need in modern warfare is lots of kind of meat in the room, lots of people there to get shot at. We don't, we're not going to have a pitch line battle against Russia. If we go, and, if we, and we're talking about going to war. Like, we can bomb them from here. They can bomb us from there, right? There will not be house-to-house combat in a war with russia and if there was i would be a terrible person to be involved with that right i'd be literally the world's worst i'd be like they've got guns like whereas the people who oh don't get don't 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 do the time up thing i'm talking about something important here (laughs) um the people who are armed forces And I know that lots of listeners aren't big fans of armed forces, but our armed forces are talented, specialist, experienced people. And they cannot be joined by numpties like me with any kind of effectiveness. So no, it's not going to happen. Never going to happen. No, 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 no. I think this
1: week it's been just... It's it been an, a comment from an old military commander who's made somewhere, and it's just flown because it's been for fairly quiet week, but it's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's very far fetched.
2: <laughs> like, like I say, I think it's offensive. I think it's offensive to to our armed forces.
0: Right, so that's that cleared up. Next question: Ben asks, "Would a new Labour government attempt to rejoin the EU?" No. Okay. Uh is that it or no? <laughs> I just thought for once he was actually doing a quick fire, so
2: No, I've done it. There's you no done there's it? no way. There's no way. Yeah.
0: Cool. We really don't say anything else about that.
2: I mean, I, I, I can keep going if you want. Um, like, like Keir Starmer said, said it won't happen. He, I mean, he does change his mind quite a lot, but he won't change his mind on this. There was a, you know, famously a vote that said we should leave the EU. Is it possible that he will try and have closer links to the EU? Possible, possible, more trade stuff. Possible, but it's hard because they they're going to play hardball. Like, if we want a closer t- closer trade links, they're going to make us take their decisions and their regulations, and we don't want to do that, because that would effectively be giving up the freedoms of Brexit without gaining the full benefits of the EU. So, yeah, but there, there is there is no no chance of us rejoining the EU, certainly while Keir Starmer is in charge. I mean, who knows who the next leader... I mean, Keir Starmer could be Prime Minister for 10 years. You know, you, we, we have no idea. The leader after that, maybe... But no, not not this, not the new Labour government. Should they come in this year?
0: You're saying it's possible to have a prime minister for ten years and not like two years, Matt.
2: The folly of youth, Charlotte. You're showing <laughs> Oh your my God! I can remember
0: this. <laughs> How um, long was
2: Cameron prime minister for?
1: Ooh.
0: six years. Six years.
2: 2016? Yeah, Yeah. 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 Gordon Brown was quite short before that. Similar,
0: yeah.
2: I mean, I wasn't alive for the, life the was, whole
0: Tony Blair years. I'm not actually.
2: Yeah, no. That I mean, he was young, he, he was Prime Minister for a while, but. wasn't he? <laughs> and then and then Thatcher before you know Major wasn't that long, but Thatcher was a long one. Yeah, no, I wasn't
0: alive then. Uh, so
2: <laughs> the Prime Minister that change the changes the Prime Minister that wins a changed government. So Thatcher took over from Labour. Blair cover from the Conservatives, Cameron over from Labour. They tend to be the ones that last the longest.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: And then once they finish. So yeah, I mean, Keir Starmer could possibly, it should he win this year? Got to put the caveat of should in. Mm. Oh, we're going to be talking uh, about elections as we do every month in our Patreon-only podcast uh, that'll be out next week. And we'll, we'll, we'll get more into elections then. Cool.
0: Awesome. Right, let's move on. We have an Emily. We should have some kind of Emily Claxon. Emily, Emily. I I just
2: wanted to make that noise for longer.
0: (laughs) (coughs) New listeners won't understand... It's. I, I want to say it's an in joke, but I, do, I don't know what it is at this point. It's not. It's I mean, not even.
2: Lots of Emily's asked us questions. Yes. It's not a, It's not confusing. It's not. It's not something you should overthink. We. We had a run of like three weeks where we had Emily every week, and we loved it. And now we love all Emily's. And Ben, it was a good question, but you ain't know Emily, are you? So there we go.
0: <laughs> Poor Ben, right? So Emily asks, those of us in the civil service often feel attacked as the reason why certain conservative policies break down. Labour are often seen as aligned to the big unions. How would a Labour government change the day-to-day running of the civil service? Who wants to take that one?
1: I'll go. I've got a thought on this, and you might tell me I'm wrong, but... Never. Yes! <laughs> anyway, so civil service, basically, you know, for the... I I'm assuming everyone knows but just in case you don't the civil service survived the transition of government right so whatever whoever comes in whoever's in power civil servants stay and try and help with making policy and running government but they're impartial and they they're basically the engine behind driving making stuff work okay and there's a big problem in the civil service at the minute there's a thing out on um, the guardian this week about low morale and about the highest churn that they've had in in years at the minute it it is a big big problem now some of that might be attributed to when Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings were not big fans of the civil service and attacked them quite a lot, um, was specifically Dominic Cummings to be honest, um, was quite disparaging about the whole thing and about how he wanted to bring in new blood and they weren't innovative enough and he said all sorts of stuff, you know, quite, you know, it would have affected your morale if you were working there basically and um, it wasn't probably a great place to be. I don't know how Libra will do it differently and try and build that up again if they do get into power. But the only thing I do know is that Keir is talking a lot to Sue Gray, who he wants to bring onto his team, who is a big civil service name. Yeah. So whether she'll help if they do get into power, whether she'll help him do something about the civil service, the morale, the retention, because you've got subject matter experts in there.
2: You've got mm, real really important depth
1: of knowledge. Mm. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that role plays out.
2: I think that's exactly right. I, all I want to add to that is that it's so easy to bash the civil service. No one really knows what they do. No one gets to see them because they don't do media stuff. Mm. So they're just because these kind of grey figures are kind of in the background who do incredibly important work, who really, really matter. But it's this kind of faceless thing that that, that Cummings or Johnson or anyone else can stand up and blame the civil servants for... Gove's done it a lot, hasn't he? Mm. Like, it's an open goal because of the way the civil service is structured and because of the levels... I mean, I don't know how you educate the public about this kind of thing, I, I I don't even know how that would how you'd start doing that. So I think it's really difficult when times are tough and things aren't working. The civil service are an easy place to put the blame because they have no right of response, they have no no say. And I think I think I think that's Sue Grace coming in for Labour. Maybe as Diane says, maybe that'll help things out when things get tough for labor it's still going to be an easy easy place to to blame so who who knows
0: yeah. we would be lost without them although i am oh, the daughter of a, a retired trouble. civil servant so i am biased but you know <laughs> um, <laughs> right diana would love to know what the government's and or the Roundry foundation's official definition of poverty is and any views on the main causes given that the figures for 21 22 well, the figures that have been published are for 21-22, so it can't be current cost of living crisis.
2: Well, I've, I've been thinking about this all week, so maybe I could do the yeah. definitions bit, and then, Diane, you can talk about causes. Yep, cool. The definitions are really tricky because there's absolute poverty and relative poverty. Absolute poverty is when, and I don't know the exact numbers or anything for this stuff, but but it's when you can't eat. Absolute poverty is when you're choosing between heating and eating. Absolute poverty is when you are reliant on handouts as well. It's not just food bank use, it's all kinds of other things. Absolute poverty is what you think of when you think of poverty, right? And this government's own figures say they've done quite well at reducing levels of absolute poverty. Where they haven't done so well is relative poverty. And relative poverty is if you're below a third or half of the average wage, right? And that means you will never, ever, ever get rid of relative poverty. Because there will always be an average wage, and there will always be, the definition of an average, there will always be people who are, i uh, forgive me for, uh, for not knowing the figures off the top of my head, a third or a half of that average wage. And there are some people who say relative poverty is a meaningless statistic because if average wage is really good and you're actually doing okay on the average wage, then if you're a third of the average wage, you're still doing okay. You're not in absolute poverty. You're only in relative poverty compared to someone that's doing all right. Now, obviously people a lot of people don't say that. And one of the things that the Roundtree Foundation, Roundtree Trust, whichever, whatever, uh, said this week, is that people are so far down the relative poverty, they mm. would need to double their income if they were to come out of relative, not make it up to half, not make it up to the average, but come out of the relative poverty zone. So that's a lot, a lot less. And this is something we've seen as billionaires get billionaire right? We see the super rich getting richer and richer. That does drag up that average. We are seeing a polarization which leaves Mm -hmm. people behind. And when we talk about the economy getting better... And again, we're going to talk about some bonus podcasts. The economy might not be getting better. But when we talk about the economy getting better, we are not talking about the economy getting better for everyone. There are people being left behind, and they are in relative poverty. And the government says they're not in absolute poverty, because there's very, very, very low levels of absolute poverty at the moment. Still clearly exists. But there's very low levels, but there are lots of people in relative poverty poverty who have been left behind and diane do you know? have any idea about causes
1: yeah i mean the reports are really a good read and it's going to do a lot more justice to what i'm going to do right now but i'll give you some headlines <laughs> <laughs> so there are some specific groups and areas that the joseph ranchi foundation this week pointed out and when you read them it 's all about people's chances to actually, to actually earn more or go out to earn more, and when they 're impacted, that obviously affects you know the, the income for the household and, and where they sit on that scale that you talked about taton and so some of the barriers people are facing, one is people who are on really unstable contracts, so people who are on zero hour stuff, people who are struggling because of you know, not being able to get enough employment, maybe only being able to do part-time because of other responsibilities. So carers, for example, we're going to talk about carers in, a, in another question coming up, but they're one of the groups they identify because of the nature of needing to support a relative or, or someone at home, not being able to work enough hours to then, you know, bring that household to a more median line. That that's a massive issue.
2: Diane, I've got a question on this. Mm. To what extent is this caused by a cut in services elsewhere? We talk a lot about this podcast, about mm-hmm. how cuts in housing, for example, lead to more people in the NHS and then the NHS can't cope because, yeah. because of that stuff. Is there, Are there government mm. services that should be in place to help people work more?
1: Yes. So social housing is a massive thing. Because actually a lot of what you're seeing in this report is people's housing costs being such a vast chunk of what they yeah. Yeah. they bring in. So people in private rented accommodation are among some of the most effective, affected in this. Because actually the ratio of what they're paying out versus what they bring in is just so distorted so that's one. Larger families are more impacted. And, you know, there's a lot of chat about that being because some policies, like the two child benefit cap, have maybe had an impact. So, yes, there are things, definitely. And, like I say, it's a very complicated, complex yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, yes, there are definitely cuts and services.
2: Uh, do you know what the Labour Party are saying they would do differently? <laughs>
1: I don't specifically yet. I don't.
2: Well, no, not sure. I mean, yeah. this, 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 I mean, this is part of the problem with the Labour Party in early 2024.
1: Mm.
2: This, yeah. a, this is the Labour Party, and I want to know what they're going to do for people who are struggling because that's the Labour Party. They are the Labour Party, the party of Labour. I want to know what, what they would do about this, but we haven't quite got any information at all about it.
1: Mm. But when we do, we'll, we'll be all over it.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure the government are going to come and talk about it as well. Because the, the, the government talking about childcare, the government mm. talking about uh, supporting people who are currently on disability benefits back into work. The government, because I mean, what what you will hear from Rishi Sunak all the time is that, um, is that families who work are, are much less likely to be in poverty. It's all about children being brought up and families who work and and, and getting people in. That's their that's their key their key way of getting resolving this huge relative poverty situation is to get people into work. Mm. And I think Starmer's going to say something pretty similar.
1: Yeah, it's all about the but we, barrier, we get, like lifting the barriers for people and, yeah. you know, in a, in a way that's really practical, I think. So hopefully we'll hear more on that.
0: Well, this quick fire thing's gone out the window, but it's Sorry. all quite interesting. So I've just <laughs> let you all talk. Um, we'll squeeze in one final one though. Sophie asks, "What do you think of the
1: carer's strategy?" I haven't had, heard enough, pe Funny, we're talking about this. I haven't heard enough people talking about a carer's strategy. I really haven't. I had to. I had to have a really good Google this morning to to find a carer's action plan, even. Now, I do remember posting last year, it was back in May, where a new thing came in that was like, woo, we've done a big thing for carers. And it was a piece of legislation for employers to give one more unpaid week. One more unpaid week. Um, Not going to touch the sides, is it really? So I think I haven't heard enough from from any of... I have heard a bit from Ed Deavey because... His son needs a lot of care, and he cared for his mother as well. So Ed Davy does talk about carers quite a mm. bit, but again, the specifics I find so hazy from from everyone.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just need we need all of this cleared up before the election, because honestly, right now, any new ideas the government has won't come in before the election particularly, given, given, given how long it takes legislation to come through. So we as a country need to vote for who's going to do best for our carers. Mm. We need to have that conversation. We need to be able to weigh up the different parties. And of course it's difficult because you might think that the Liberal Democrats' carers' policies are better, but you might think the Conservatives are better, whatever, and late. so you have to, things have to get weighed up. It's not a referendum on individual policies. But when we know what the parties are going to do, we can start to work things out. So what the question was, what do you think of the carer strategy? I'm not aware of a carer's strategy. And that's criminal because, oh my God, the work that carers do, both paid and unpaid. This country would grow into a halt with that, like completely. And Sophie, maybe because you asked this question, you are a carer. And I thank you for the work that you do. Um not only for the person that you are caring for, but also in the wider society. I think, Sophie, you're amazing. Thank you.
0: Right. That's it for our questions this week. Let's move on. So, this is the part of the podcast where we take a look at what a particular politician's been up to. Tatton, who are we watching this week?
2: You say politician. I don't know. I don't know if you really use that term. Mm-mm. Reality TV star. <laughs> Um, I think he has been one
0: of the most prominent politicians in the world. But
2: What? For saying you're fired on the telly? <laughs> Who not is it, for Tatton? That. No, not for that. It's Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump. Um, and the reason we're talking about him is because he's going to be the Republican nominee for president. And I still think Biden will be him but listen i follow i follow uh u s politics as a bit of a hobby I'm interested in it i don't really i mean I don't really know what I talk about but we have someone with us today who runs their own u s politics page on instagram. it's got sixty thousand followers it's uh it's pretty amazing and um I'm going to allow the one and only Charlotte John to take over with the SP US knowledge. Charlotte, what's going on with Donald Trump this week?
0: Well, Tatten, for those who don't know, if you've been living under a rock, it's also election year in the US. So on Tuesday, the 5th of November, we will be electing, we will, I don't know why I said we, I'm not American. The Americans (laughs) will be electing their next president. So at the moment, the Republican Party are trying to figure out who their nominee will be. It is very, very, very likely to be Trump. It's always been very, very likely to be Trump, even though other people attempted to win the nomination. Uh, So a couple of the big hitters in that, uh, Ron DeSantis, so he is currently Florida governor. He was billed as like a better version of Trump, essentially, because he was younger. I think he's, he's in his 40s. Yeah, it was kind of like a a, a mini-Trump in a way, but some people said he was smarter and... But Charlotte, just, Charlotte, Charlotte yeah. sorry
2: to interrupt, but, but 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 he was such a big contender that I remember you telling me a couple of years ago that he was going to... It's It was likely he was going to win the whole nomination.
0: 100%. This is what, you know, it wasn't just me who thought this. This is what he was billed as. He was, you know, really big figure. And then he started his campaign... Well, he launched his campaign via X, formerly known as Twitter, and had massive tech issues. So he's doing an interview with Elon Musk. And so the, the campaign kind of started with a bit of a whimper and never really built up momentum from there. And last week, he pulled out of the race. So the, the very first vote um, was in Iowa last week um, to try and figure out who would be the Republican nominee. Ron DeSantis came second. But Trump was so far ahead and Ron DeSantis pulled out after that. So there's only one actual serious contender to try and defeat Trump. And that's Nikki Haley, who is the former South Carolina governor and was the US ambassador to the UN, appointed by Trump. So she she's not going to beat Trump, is the long and short of it. On Tuesday, we had uh, the vote in New Hampshire, where it was basically Trump versus Nikki Haley. Trump won by not as much as was expected. Polls were showing that he'd win by about 20%. I think in the end, it was about 12% above Haley. The thing is that New Hampshire was the state where Nikki Haley was most likely to, you know, defeat Trump if she were ever going to, because it's got a high proportion of college-educated people Um, who are typically people who don't vote for Trump. It's got a lower percentage of people who align themselves with the MAGA cause, which is very Trumpian. So yeah, if there was ever a time when Haley could beat Trump, it would have been New Hampshire, and she hasn't managed to do that. So even Biden is saying, yeah, it's going to be Trump. Well, we've known this all along, honestly.
2: I saw polling that said Nikki Haley had a better chance of beating Biden. If exactly. she was the nominee.
0: Definitely. I think if if she were the nominee, I think the Democrats would be a bit more scared because Nikki Haley is younger. I think she's in her 50s. And obviously a big thing uh, that people who are not mm. fans of Biden on both sides, um, they talk about his age. She is 80. She's also a woman. She is a woman of colour. Um, she's, so she's lots of things that
1: Biden and Trump are not <laughs> basically. Yeah. Is it worth her hanging in then? Because I guess she could pull out like DeSantis did, couldn't she? But is, yeah. is she hanging in for a VP? Or, so you know? she's
0: hanging in for now because I think she wants to focus on South Carolina. So it's not the next vote, but it's the next big one. And it's on the 24th of February. And South Carolina is her home state. So basically, oh, okay. she can't okay. get South Carolina, yeah. it's tricky because even though it's her home state, a lot of the big uh, Republican people in South Carolina are very pro-Trump. So there's doubts about whether or not she can do it. But I think that's what she's going yeah. for. But it, it really depends on finances. If you're, mm. you know, running in a US election is very expensive. And if your backers say, "Now nah, that's it, you have no choice. But she is trying to do that she's trying to keep going in terms of VP a lot of people suggest that she might be Trump's pick this is but this is the important thing to remember whoever is selected as the Republican Party's candidate for president they essentially pick their vice president like that the Republican Mm -hmm. Party have to kind of like tick it off but I think it's quite rare that they would say no so,
2: is that why everyone is now endorsing Trump? All the people we saw, yeah. Tim Scott, Feverswani, Ron DeSantis, all, all the people we saw in the debate stand there and say how awful Donald Trump is. Like, they, they all laid into the guy. And now they're all on a platform, cheering, whooping, supporting him. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it, I suppose that happens in the UK politics when someone becomes leader of the party. Hmm. Like Penny Morden was was up against Rishi Sunak, wasn't she? But she's now a massive Sunak supporter. Having said how and better, much better she was for a, for a month yeah. or so, I suppose. I, I suppose we have the same thing. Yeah, and there's
0: been different levels of you know anti-Trumpness from these people who've been running. So like Vivek Ramaswamy and Ron DeSantis, they'll have said stuff against Trump as they were trying to compete for him, but they, they haven't been as you know definitely anti-Trump as someone like Chris Christie who ran
2: who hasn't come out
0: as an anti-Trump candidate completely so yeah um, has I he backed Nikki Haley? I can't
2: remember There's there sure. was a
0: whole scandal about because uh, he was hot mic'd saying that basically both Rhonda Santis and Nikki Haley were not going to win <laughs> so that kind of overshadowed right. everything but okay, yeah.
2: just, just, just to end this section I'm going to put you on the spot mm-hmm can Trump beat Biden? Yeah. Will Trump beat Biden?
0: I have no idea. It wouldn't surprise me if he did.
2: Close. It's going to be a close run thing, you think?
0: Definitely very close, I think, because no. okay. the economy in America is, is Biden's done really good things with the economy, in theory. The problem is a lot of people aren't feeling it necessarily in practice. So.
2: Well, we were just talking about that in the UK, weren't we? Yeah.
0: Well, exactly. Uh, I mean, America's doing much better in, in theory in terms of the economy than the UK is. Just mm. for some reason, people aren't feeling it over there. But yeah, so we will keep following Nikki Haley until she eventually pulls out. She might become VP. There's, there's uh, Trump has said he'd like a woman to be VP. Has Whether he? Or, mm-hmm. Whether or not that happens. Because he can we'll
2: grab her by the
0: pussy. Well, there we go. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> I mean, isn't that what he said? Yeah, that is what he said, yes.
2: That's what he said, yeah.
0: Yeah, but that's, that's partly why he doesn't do too well with female voters. So he wants a woman on the ticket. So
2: bring on a strong... I mean, she's, yeah. a, she's, she's all kinds of strong and oh, yeah, yeah. heritage, and like yeah. she's, she's a pretty impressive woman, I think.
0: Yes, definitely. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on her as well. And yeah, when it gets close to the time... We'll have loads about the actual election itself.
1: Cool. That was Keeping
2: great now. Uh S P U S similar Politics US uh on Instagram. We do it, we're there every week doing a little update and as and all the the important results as they come in and as we build towards November, we're gonna do more and more and more on there, and it's gonna be ace. Yes. So yeah, keep so give that a follow.
0: Exciting times. Right now, it's time for the crystal ball. So we talked about what's already been happening. What do you think will happen over the next week, Tatten? Do
2: you know what? It's quite. It's scheduled to be quite a quiet week, mm. and that's you know, you you never know. You never know whether it's going to be or not. I mean, this was quite a quiet week, which is why some ex cabinet minister he was in the cabinet for five minutes threw his toys out the pram because he wanted to get rid of Rishi, Rishi Sunak. And it was like, well, and it was everywhere. And everyone was like, oh, Simon, oh, Simon Case. That's a, that, but then no one joined him. <laughs> like he stood up Simon and Clark? said, over the barricades, Simon Fuck. Clark, sorry, please excuse me, over the barricades. And everyone went, what? No, no, no. We're, you know, I'm Spartacus. And everyone stayed sat down. It was like, <laughs> oh no, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> like it's just, so we, and, and this conscription thing that Came up. Yeah. I mean, it's all this nonsense. Yeah. When nothing's happening, or stuff is engineered, and some people are opportunistic and some people just happen to say stupid things about conscription. But one thing that caught my eye next week was um, in Westminster Hall, which is like the second debating chamber. There's a debate on children's mental health. And because Children's Mental Health Week is coming up from the 5th to the 11th of February, and I'll be writing about it on Tat and Spiller on Instagram, like, children's mental health. I just, it's kind of, kind of important. Like, and, at the moment, what they, like, everyone seems to agree the way to solve children's mental health is to have a mental health nurse in every school. And, that's not enough. And that doesn't work. Because, because of the children that hide it. And I'm, I'm talking as a child that hid it. Mm. Um, and, you know, this was the 80s and the early 90s and maybe modern day teachers, I know I would have spotted myself, but, uh, you know, teaching was, was, wasn't as good. I just, right, I'm not going to bang on about it. On Monday, maybe not on Monday, at some point next week, Westminster Hall's better off than on Mondays, but yeah. at some point next week, it's going to be worth watching and It'll be worth watching, even if it's just to imagine me screaming at the telly, MP after MP after MP, talking in platitudes and sticking plasters and bullshit. So uh, keep an eye and imagine me doing that.
1: Lovely. Diane, what's in your crystal ball? I'm going to be super quick. Just expect us to talk about the media bill. It's one of the bills that's in next week and it's talking about public service broadcasting. And, you know, a lot of people say the government have been gunning for the BBC for a while, but they say this bill isn't about that. But let's talk about it next week for sure. Yes, definitely.
0: Right. So that's all for this week we'll be I back next week this is our longest
2: week. episode ever is this our yeah, longest ever I episode we'll see we'll see yeah. what lovely Laura manages Diane's to do with this Diane's been yabbering on hasn't she <laughs> <laughs> blooming Diane so bored it's of it Because we there's so lot.
0: many amazing questions oh uh, yeah. right thank you ever so much Tatton and Diane
2: thanks
1: Charlotte
2: thank you see thank you for listening listener bye 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 bye